You're with SBS Radio. Find more great stories in your language at sbs.com.au. Top end, school students are teaming up with Aboriginal rangers to protect country, sacred sites and communities. The Learning on Country program has been focusing on cultural burning, giving the next generation the vital skills they need to care for country. Guy McLean reports for NITV News. At Barunga, about an hour's drive east of Catherine, burning is learning for these high school teenagers. Over recent weeks, they've been joined by Jarwin Rangers to undertake protective cultural burns around their community. Samson Andrews is from Learning on Country. He says that teaching children the practical skills on country is way more beneficial than in theory in the classroom. You know, get them back out, you know, walking on country rather than sitting in the classroom and teaching them in the classroom. You know, it's kind of a little, a little bit boring, but, you know, to try get the kids all, you know, keep them occupied and walking around the bush. Rangers burn the landscape in the relative cool of the early dry season, creating cooler and less destructive fires. Learning on country also relies on the knowledge of local elders. Esther Balambara is a traditional owner. She welcomed the learning program. They told me, oh lady, we want to go do um, burning on country. Well, then we got the ranger mob. They came and tell all these kids. They showed them how to do burning with matches, with the torch, with the blower, and they really love it. The Learning on Country program is designed to get kids out of the classroom and into the bush. It's also inspiring some kids to stay at school longer. Malcolm Hales is a principal and he told NITV News that the outcomes were great and students really enjoy the program. We're introducing it uh, across the whole schools, so everybody from uh, preschool right through to grade 12 gets the chance to go out and it's certainly an, an enticement and there's no doubt that our attendance across the current 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 benefits from uh, this program. It's hoped some of these students will consider working as rangers when they finish school. Thomas Waramara is one of the students who are considering becoming rangers into the future. Yeah, I would love to become a ranger, working alongside Samson and the other rangers and looking after our country. A program delivering benefits on multiple fronts. Guy McLean, NITV News. Foreign Minister Penny Wong says Australia and Indonesia would work to build an economic relationship and ensure peace and stability amid China's bid for greater influence in the region. After arriving in Jakarta on Sunday the 5th of June, alongside Prime Minister Anthony Albanese and a business delegation, Ms Wong held what she has called constructive talks with Indonesian Foreign Minister Retno Masudi. Ms Wong says Indonesia is a critical security partner of Australia. We share a region. I think everyone understands that we, we live in a time where the region is being reshaped. And what is important is that countries work together to ensure that region remains peaceful, prosperous and respectful of sovereignty. 
The PM is set to hold diplomatic talks with Indonesian President Joko Widodo later today. And Nationals leader David Littleproud says the changes to the coalition's front bench were about generational change, not back party party backstabbing rather. The shake-up sees Andrew Hastie, Kevin Hogan and Jane Hume, among others, promoted to the shadow cabinet for the first time, while former PM Scott Morrison's factional ally Alex Hawke has been removed from the front bench. Mr Hawke's move is among a number of demotions, including smaller portfolios for Dan Tian and Stuart Robert. Mr Littleproud has denied to the Nine Network that the coalition was forced to improve women's representation on the front branch after its election loss. I think the strong evolution of the culture that we're putting in, not just in the National Party but also the Liberal Party, is ensuring that we're putting the environment where women being able to put their hand up and come forward. And I'm proud to say of the six that the National Party are putting forward, three are very strong and powerful women that I'm proud to have brought forward into my front bench and know will probably lead the party one day. But Labor Minister Bill Shorten told Nine that these female appointments are long overdue. It's certainly progress, but I mean, why do the Liberal Party always expect a bunch of flowers for discovering the 21st century? I mean, uh, I think the Liberal Party want a medal for doing what is obvious. So to the extent they've done something obvious, that's good. But it's really going to take, I think, a a lot more than just uh, uh, belated catch-up politics. Resources Minister Madeline King says there is little else the government can do in the short term to curb rising energy costs. Gas prices have soared following the war in Ukraine and other supply issues, with the energy regulator allowing more gas to be released to the southeastern states to help ease the burden. If the Albanese government were to pull the gas trigger, which would see gas exports diverted for domestic use, the effects would not be felt until January. Miss King told the ABC she has been having ongoing discussions with the nation's gas companies who have assured her they are doing all they can to increase their supply. We do have to let these things work uh, and not have knee-jerk reactions and try and intervene more because, to be honest, there's not much more any government could or should do in these times other than speak reasonably with the CEOs to see what they can do to uh, loosen some of the supply. The Reserve Bank of Australia is expected to lift the cash rate today as it battles increasing inflation. Economists expect an increase of between 25 and 40 basis points. Last month, the RBA raised the cash rate from a record low 0.1% to 0.35%, the first increase in more than a decade. There are warnings further hikes can be expected in coming months to curb rising prices on Australian households. And in New South Wales, the ambulance service will employ nearly 2,000 additional paramedics to improve response times and staff shortages. The budget commitment of $1.76 billion over four years will be set aside in this month's state budget. It will include building 30 new stations and funding for an extra 210 ambulance support staff, as well as 52 nurses and eight doctors. 
The Commissioner and Chief Executive of New South Wales, Dominic Morgan, told Sky News that the past two years have put heavy tolls on an already strained workforce with record-breaking triple zero calls. Every day we are, we are being literally inundated. So uh, as it stands at the moment, our rolling seven-day average is 3,700 triple zero calls. So more than a million calls a year we're getting now to triple zero. And a United States bipartisan group of senators are inching toward gun law reform as the country reels from a further two mass shootings within hours of one another. In Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, three people were killed and at least 11 injured after shots were fired into a crowd at an entertainment district. Just hours later, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, three people were killed and 14 injured in a shooting outside a bar. Democrat Senator Chris Murphy told CNN negotiations on gun control were unlikely to result in sweeping reform, but could see the strengthening of background checks and the expansion of red flag laws. There is just a deep, deep fear for our children right now, and also a fear Government is so fundamentally broken that it can't put politics aside to guarantee the one thing that matters most to adults in this country, the physical safety of their children. And so I think the possibility of success is better than ever before. But I think the consequences of failure for our entire democracy are more significant than ever. And flexibility, work-life balance and tiresome commutes are behind Melbourne's slow return to the office. As new data shows less than half of CBD-based employees are back full-time. Despite COVID-19 restrictions easing and businesses offering staff incentives for working from the office, working from home is the preferred option across various sectors. A survey by the Victorian Chamber of Commerce and Industry found out of 88 businesses, 42% of staff had returned to the office working one to two days each week and 25% were back working three to four days. The vast majority of managers don't expect their employees to return to the office on a full-time basis. And Ukrainian authorities have shown journalists the site of a Russian strike in Kiev to dispel reports that the targeted building was used to repair and store tanks handed over from Europe. The attack is the first on the city since the end of April. Russian authorities claim the strikes destroyed T-72 tanks supplied by Eastern European countries and other armoured vehicles. But an advisor in President Vladimir Zelensky's office, Shuri Leshenko, refuted the Russians' claim, saying the facility was a civilian one that produced railway vehicles. In the beginning, we decided just not to comment it, but when Russian propagandist from Ministry of Defence stated that it was used as a, as a military uh, facility, we decided to open the door for everyone to see it. It comes as Russian President Vladimir Putin warns the West he'll strike at new targets if the United States and allies start supplying Ukraine with longer-range missiles. And in the UK, Queen Elizabeth's Platinum Jubilee four-day-long celebrations are drawing to a close in London with a colourful pageant.
Thousands of performers took part in the parade along a three-kilometre route telling the story of the Queen's life with dance, vintage cars, vibrant costumes, carnival music and giant puppets. The Queen appeared at the balcony of Buckingham Palace as crowds belted out the British national anthem, God Save the Queen. Organisers say the pageant was likely watched by one billion people around the world. And now to a look at sport. Minji Lee has joined Australia's all-time golf greats as a multiple major champion, becoming the third Australian ever to win the US Women's Open in North Carolina. It's the biggest event in female golf and Lee's second victory after her breakthrough maiden major at the Evian Championship last July. Lee converted a three-stroke third-round lead into a four-shot victory at Pine Needles Country Club to pocket a cheque of a record $2.5 million Australian dollars. The 26-year-old finished at 13 under par for the tournament after closing with a 71 over the weekend. And now for a look at today's weather for this Monday. And Broome, sunny, 32. Perth, Partly cloudy, 18. Adelaide, showers, 14. Melbourne, shower two, 13. Hobart, uh, showers, 11. Aubrey-Wodonga, showers, 11. Canberra, showers easing, 9. Wollongong, 16. Sydney, windy, mostly sunny, and 17. Newcastle, similar conditions, and 18. Brisbane, rain at times, easing, 20. Townsville, partly cloudy and 29. Cairns, shower 2, 28. Darwin in the top end, mostly sunny and 32 degrees. And Alice Springs, partly cloudy and a maximum of 17. And the Torres Strait Islands today are sunny with a few clouds, maximum of 30 degrees. Want to hear more stories like this? Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from.